The Jets need a win in the worst way, and what better time to potentially get a major two points that may or may not really factor into the season in just a few weeks than a matchup against Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. This game is going to be a must-win for the Jets after such a horrible recent streak. I know that it may not look like a must-win game, but every game from now on for the Jets should be treated like one. We'll dive into Winnipeg lineups and also some hints about Winnipeg's future from how they handled the trade deadline on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're, do- if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on uh, the top of this episode, obviously, we're going to dive into Winnipeg versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, An interesting game for the Jets because, quite honestly, Winnipeg is really in dire straits. I think it would not be um, uh, hyperbolic to say that this is kind of a must win. Again, I know that you'll look at this team and you'll say, is it really a game that the Jets absolutely must come away with two points? And for me, even if the Calgary Flames, who are losing right now, end up dropping this result, I think it's more of like a vibes thing, uh, a morale boost. The Jets really need to kind of reverse this recent streak. I mean, they played well against the Minnesota Wild, couldn't score, ended up losing 4-2. to two, And you you get a sense of the, the fan base mood the coaching staff mood, the locker room mood. No one is happy about the Jets. I mean, Winnipeg is just not really playing very well. No one seems to believe in this team anymore. Um, And and Calgary is only like four points back right now. So things are not feeling great. Uh, And and of course, like I said, the Flames have a relatively easy stretch of games uh, throughout the next like month and a half or so, which puts the Jets under a lot of pressure. So a game against the Panthers on the road, what can we expect? Well, as always, the Panthers are a team that's got a lot of offensive depth, although this year it's been maybe not as prolific as expected. Uh, Of course, Barkov, uh, Verhage, Montour, Reinhardt, and Tuchuk have formed a a big part of that core. Sam Bennett has been, you know, a really nice middle six addition. After that, you kind of start to go down the list, and you're still seeing like 25, 35 point scorers. So this team has a really strong top nine. The The blue line is very active. The problem for the Panthers has been goaltending. Uh, if you look at the goaltending this year, Bobrovsky has a 906 save percentage, Spencer Knight 901. Alex Leon has played at just a couple of, go- couple of games, but he's at an 892. So if they had even just league average goaltending, I mean, this team probably looks more like a playoff uh, spot somewhere in the Atlantic, maybe even in the wild cards. Basically, 
goaltending has, again, been their Achilles heel, which is good for the Jets because Winnipeg against weaker goaltending has usually been on the winning side of that. Now, given all of the recent struggles, you might wonder, have the Jets made any adjustments to the lineup? Answer is no. We're looking at Connor Shifley and Niederreiter, Ehlers, Nemesnikov and Wheeler, Barron, Lowry and Appleton, and Menelainen, Stenland and Gustafson. I know I just said no real adjustments. You might wonder about Nemesnikov being put into the top six. I, I think that's like fine. Um, Nemesnikov, he will probably bring a little bit more offense than Lowry does. Honestly, though, I just really feel like this would have been a good time to put Gustafson up there. I think Gus has a level to his game that some of the other bottom six players don't. In the last game against the Wild, he was basically helping to carry that fourth line and really dominated play. If you've ever watched uh, Dave, you know that part of what makes his game so effective is it's not stuff that he necessarily does on the ice. It's stuff that he's processing up here. His brain fundamentally works at a higher level than most players. And now that he has such a big frame to match it, he's very effective at controlling play. I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, he's going to be like an, you know, an 80 point center. But I think if you give him a top six role or a middle six role, allow him to kind of alternate up and down the lineup, work with actual skill, you'll start to see why in a lot of ways I've been a big fan of him. I've kind of hyped him up on the down low recently. I think that there's a real player there. Nemesnikov, though, I mean, if you're looking for uh, a fill-in for Dubois, who's going to miss the next couple of games, he could be a decent option. I'd certainly take him over Stenland or Lowry. Um, I, I know that we like them for their defensive impacts, but I think you kind of understand after that, you're starting to see limitations to like their finishing talent and their ability to drive play offensively. So Nemesnikov, I mean, is it really a great option? No, but I guess against the Panthers, I don't know. Maybe it'll help uh, defensively with a you know a Panthers team that's been a little more mediocre this year. But I don't know. My, my general feeling about this game is not great, especially with how much Winnipeg has been struggling to score recently. Maybe Bobrovsky or Knight are a little bit generous and give the Jets a few sloppy ones, but I'm not holding my breath. Even with um, teams that are supposedly Bedard bound, the Jets have struggled to score against them. Just look at the Sharks the other night. That was uh, a horrendous loss, one of a, one of the really embarrassing ones this year, especially because the Jets not only dominated play, but actually had the lead and ended up blowing it. So let's hope for like some kind of a positive mental change. I am kind of increasingly feeling just uh, a little bit done with this season. Not that Winnipeg itself is done, but I don't know. I think the, the frustration with this team over the past few years and watching the team slip back into a lot of those habits that they didn't really fully kick, it is a bit disheartening. It seems that Bones has kind of run out of ideas himself. And uh, yeah, I think the, the bigger question that I have is, you know, I had a vision for what this offseason and the following off seasons might look like. But after the trade deadline and some of the rumors that are coming out around True North maybe looking to buy some real estate, suddenly the picture for the Jets becomes a lot murkier. And if you're a Hellebuck fan or a Shifley fan, hate to say it, but you might be in for a world of pain here in a couple of seasons. We'll dive into all of that and the implications for how the Jets might be setting themselves up for the next few years in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
New customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the number of three strained. Maybe you even want to bet on the number of points LeBron James is going to have by the end of his of this season for his career milestone record. Maybe you want to cast a bet on how many threes Steph is going to keep draining for the rest of the year. Maybe you even want to cast a bet on the NBA champion who you think is going to win here in just a few months. No matter what, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're diving back into some thoughts about the Jets and the recent direction the team um, is implying it's going, which I think based on the trade deadline, some of us were maybe getting a little bit suspicious. I I don't know if I've uh, mentioned it before, but specifically the Jets not using the full cap space that they have allotted to them was a bit of a red flag. We know that the Jets in general don't like a lot of big salaries. That's never been uh, anything that's particularly surprising. When Wheeler signed his contract extension, that was one of the largest uh, long-term deals the Jets have ever given out, right? So kind of going off that and looking at Winnipeg's expenditures, I thought, well, you know, for the past several years, they've been a cap team. They have to know that the next two seasons are kind of it for this Jets core Maybe they'll spend assets and go for, you know, one or two more runs, get some playoff revenue, and hope that this team can pull off a miracle and advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. But instead, the Jets took a very conservative route. They only spent a little bit here and there, picked up two players on modest contracts. Uh, you know, Nita Ryder is relatively affordable for what the, the, the production that he's bringing to this team and, you know, the Jets basically didn't use like three and a half or four million in cap space, which I immediately looked at as kind of a red flag. Usually when you see the Jets doing this, it means that they're internally budgeting again, which when that happens, they're not thinking about competing um, for for much beyond a playoff appearance. So for me, I guess the, the question with this team is, is this how they're going to approach the offseason? Because if they're trying to save money, right, and if they're trying to uh, avoid making major expenditures ahead of whatever real estate they're planning to, to bid on, it puts the Jets roster in a bit of a limbo state. And I would start to look at players like Hellebuck, Pionk, Schmidt, Shifley, uh, Wheeler, of course. All of these guys are are committed to pretty big deals. You know, the Jets aren't going to be able to move everyone, and some of them are likely just going to expire here in Winnipeg. But in terms of like that next step after 2024, right, is Hellebuck going to come back? Is Shifley going to come back? Now that we're seeing the Jets being uh, a, a bit more budget savvy and pinching pennies, it starts to make me wonder. I was already concerned about Hellebuck and Shifley because, quite honestly, you look at this team's track record of success, you see both of them have vented their frustrations with how the team has played at times over the years. If things are looking again like the Jets really don't have a vision for much beyond the season, 
I would not be shocked to see both of those guys go into free agency and end up in different teams. For one thing, the Jets just might not be able to afford their next contract because internal budgeting is always a really tricky thing to deal with. You know, the other problem, though, for the Jets is that uh, some team might just be more ambitious, might show um, a track record of success and be able to make the cap space to afford at least one of those two. So Winnipeg, I think, you know, was real hesitant to trade lots of prospects, lots of picks, because they're anticipating these guys being part of uh, the core in the next couple of seasons, which I can't say I feel comfortable with that. I, I, I do feel like, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on the kids. And if you're internally budgeting, if you're trying to save money, well, you know, I, I understand. I think that that's reasonable to assume. But you really should have maybe done it after Hellebuck is kind of gone. You know, I I think his contract, his next deal is going to be huge. Um, Maybe they're trying to save at least a little bit on the side here early on to uh, eventually afford his wages. But if this is all just tied to the real estate side of things and making sure that True North as an entity is financially stable, it's, it's a bit disappointing for me because I feel like Winnipeg has always kind of been you know, a little bit shafted when it comes to uh, the performance of this team. We've only ever had one year where the Jets really went in, really invested in the squad and got the most out of it. Now, I I will say that they have made other deals before. You know, the Kevin Hayes trade was a pretty big acquisition. He didn't play that much, but that was more on the coaching staff. In terms of just pure roster construction and kind of cap management, I just feel like the Jets signaling that they are not spending much right now tells me that in the next year or two, we're going to be looking at some kind of a retool or a rebuild. Uh, Winnipeg, you know, they've already done this process before. They've told us about how internal budgeting was really important. Uh, And of course, they've also been very transparent that the past couple of years of attendance, ticket sales, COVID, all of that has really done a number on the revenue figures. So I guess we shouldn't really be surprised that these rumors Uh, are starting to leak and that it seems like the Jets are starting to show us and tip their hand uh, of what their plan is for the future. But all I can say is it's, it's, it's dispiriting. I really thought, you know, the last two seasons of this group, it might be a last, you know, a last ditch desperate attempt to try and salvage something, but it would have been nice to think that to some degree, the Jets were maybe pursuing uh, greater ambitions. Maybe they do this off season. Maybe they were just spooked by all of the Eastern conference stuff. But if you ask me, I think it's more likely that we're back to internal budgeting and the Jets aren't going to be a cap team for a long time. Now, for as much as we're looking ahead, I did kind of want to draw it back and just talk about the next few Jets games after that. Uh, obviously, this week is going to be a pretty uh, pivotal one for Winnipeg. You know, we're, we're entering the home stretch and the Jets are playing lots of Eastern Conference teams on the road while the Flames are going to have a softer set of opponents. It Yeah, I mean, this just, it's not feeling great is all I can say. (laughs) We'll dive into the next few games for the Jets in just a moment right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I just wanted to take a quick moment to uh, finish off this episode with a few thoughts about... um, Next four or five games for the Jets, uh, excluding the Panthers game. Obviously, that Panthers game is certainly important, but I'm kind of looking past that. Uh, it, whether the Jets win or lose I, at this point, 
I know I said it's a must win game, but I think I've stopped caring uh, because it feels like this season is just sort of slipping out of Winnipeg's hands all the same. After that, you know, the road really doesn't get any easier. Winnipeg has to face off against Tampa Bay and Carolina on the road. Now, I know that they've beaten the Lightning already this year, and that was a great game, a lot of fun. Not something that I think they're going to do again uh, in this matchup. I think Tampa Bay has recently really struggled, and it wouldn't shock me if they come out really pissed. They kind of take advantage of Winnipeg's lack of scoring ability, and they pot like four or five against this Jets team. If they can run the score up early and get to Hellebuck or whoever's starting in net, uh, maybe it's Riddick or something, you know, suddenly the Jets are going to have a really tough time clawing back in this one. Maybe they surprise me. Maybe Winnipeg shows us that um, the Nemesnikov revenge tour is in full swing or something and is back to full health. But all I can say is not feeling good about this, especially without Dubois. After that, uh, PLD might rejoin us for uh, Carolina, Boston, and Nashville. You're talking about a three-headed monster of difficulty. That is a pretty brutal stretch. Now, there's a lot of breaks in between those games, but I think uh, the concern for me is that, you know, the easiest you know team on this list is Nashville. But if the Jets lose to Nashville, you know, suddenly those extra points that they could have grabbed from some of these other opponents before would really come in handy. The, the Preds are alarmingly close to the Jets in the standings. They have multiple games in hand. And so Winnipeg really has to make sure that they do not concede anything to this Preds team. I know it sounds really stupid because Nashville is kind of bad, but even with a difficult schedule remaining for the Preds, I just don't really have as much confidence in Winnipeg's ability to bounce back in time for that to be less of an issue. So cross your fingers, hope for the Jets to pull off something there because I can almost guarantee you Winnipeg is going to be lucky to get a point out of uh, the combined games of Carolina and Boston. I know, you know, Carolina doesn't always score as many goals as it should, but I don't think that's really going to matter here. I think Winnipeg is fully going to lose this game. I think the Bruins are going to beat the Jets. Um, So, yeah, I'm trying not to be doomer, gloomer here, but Winnipeg, if we're being honest, they have a really, really tough schedule ahead. I think the next few weeks are going to be very painful. I think Winnipeg is, quite frankly, going to be fortunate to make the playoffs. You know, in another season in which the West wasn't this week, the Jets would probably be, probably be out by now. But thankfully, the West is wide open and not particularly great. And uh, Calgary has continued to stumble while the Jets uh, are are going through the same rut. Calgary did, in fact, uh, finalize their scoreline of a three to one loss to the Ducks. So perhaps hope springs eternal. But if you have to back your way into the playoffs, you're probably not feeling great about your odds anyway. So let's hope the Jets can turn this around and give us some winning hockey here pretty soon. Let me know your thoughts and predictions for uh, today's scoreline, or I guess, well, tomorrow's scoreline for the, the Panthers game. I'm going to say uh, four to three Jets, maybe, but that's going out on the limb. So all I can say is I really hope they beat Paul Maurice. It'd be funny. Uh, bring it full circle. Maybe Maurice can do us a bit of a favor and give us some wild card breathing room. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day to every day. Then make your second listen Locked On Game to Game from NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!